record parts of the day today for Dharma Seed. Um, so I will just say for the recording that I am Kevin Griffin. And this is a day long on living kindness, Buddhist teachings for a troubled world, which is the title of my new book. But uh, it's kind of like uh, what we all need, even if it wasn't the title of a book <laughs> um, or a day long. And, uh, and, and so I, I wanted to start by the day just by talking about like a couple different things about being here at Spirit Rock and how like reasons that people come here uh, and also how I think of my role here to some extent um, because this is you know once a day again a day where um, I mean it's a, it's been a week of of horror in our country and. Uh, and so uh, I know that some people come to Spirit Rock to get away from the madness. And that's a really good uh, uh, thing to do. I respect that. Um, and I also come here to get away from the madness. And, and of course, we come here not only to get away from the madness of the world, but to actually get away from the, the madness of ourselves and to try to find a way to hold the, our own madness, if you will. Um, but we also come here, and, I, and I'd say that, that that's the kind of the, the theme of this day, is to come here to find ways of living in the world, of how to, how to um, hold what goes on in our world, and particularly at a time of tremendous turmoil. Um, that we so we come here both for comfort, but also for strength. I'd say, yeah. uh, and, and and an important part, you know, the the way I view uh, strength in Buddhist terms is developing equanimity. I think is really the key to strength in Buddhism. It's not that we are developing strength to fight with the world, but to to develop. Uh, the capacity to hold with balance without without becoming mad, you know, without getting lost in the madness uh, and having ways to hold it in our hearts so that we feel uh, that we, ha- we develop our own inner calm and inner balance and also ways of holding it in our mind, our ways of understanding the world so that uh, what seems uh, illogical or seems irrational, we can see through a, a different uh, prism or a different viewpoint that, that there is actually a, a way to understand this that makes sense. And I think that's really important, understanding things, that one of the great... Uh, forms of dukkha, dukkha is this Buddhist word for suffering or kind of dissatisfaction, agitation. One of, our, one of the causes of dukkha for humans is when we, don't, when we feel like we don't understand the world. And, and when we even look at uh, human you know, religions throughout history have kind of tried to offer ways of understanding the world. And... and Many religions didn't really care if that 
made any logical sense, right? In traditional, in the axial era, which is the the, the name for the era that the major religions of the world uh, arose, it was a it was an era of mythology. So to to say talk about, you know, I was just reading a sutta today that was talking about. Um, uh, devas, these angels or spirits in the clouds, you know, and so that that's very typical of many ancient religions, right? The, the uh, religions that talk about the spirit of the earth, or the spirits in the trees, or the spirits in the sky, or the rain gods, you know, this kind of mythology. Although there's, you know, in our era, the scientific era, it might not make any sense. It's it's a way for people to feel comfortable, feel as if they understand the world. And so they come up with, uh, many religions come up with explanations of how the world came to be. That God, you know, did, the, you know, in the in Judeo-Christian tradition, you know, that God sort of created all this stuff in, in seven days, right? And uh, it's interesting that the, the Buddha doesn't actually provide us with a um, an origin uh, story. There's no creation myth in Buddhism, uh, which actually speaks to, uh, you know, something about the Buddha, which it wasn't that, that he didn't even, maybe he even knew, like, who knows? I mean, if you want to attribute omniscience to the Buddha. But the Buddha wasn't really interested in um, just giving you information to satisfy your wish to, under, to, to know something. All he was really interested in was giving you tools for overcoming suffering. That was what, and he, he many times refused to answer questions that he, he may have known the answer to, but he said it's a distraction from what you really, that you really, all you need to know is how suffering arises and how you can end it. That, that anything outside that is, is um, really uh, just a distraction. And there, that's famously embodied in the teaching where he, he's in a forest. And he picks up a handful of leaves and he says to the, the monks that are with him, which is more, the leaves in the, in the forest or the leaves in my hand? Yeah. There, of course, no, it's, you know, Buddha, it's the, the leaves in the forest are many more than the leaves in your hand. And the Buddha says, yes, what I know is like the leaves in the forest, but what I teach is just what I like what I have in my hand, because this is all you need. You don't really need to know all of that. So there's one other thing. So uh, we come to we come to uh, the Spirit Rock. I'll say we come to Spirit Rock for comfort, but and for strength. And as a as a teacher, you know, I have I have to ask myself as I'm teaching. What am I? What am I here to do? Am I here to comfort you, to make you feel better, uh, or am I here to give you strength? And and I come down on the side of strength. You know, um, I, come, I think comfort actually comes with strength. You know, uh, but sometimes strength does not come with just comfort. That is to say, if we come here as as an escape. You know, um, and and in fact, this 
this book and this theme are really about addressing that in some ways. In the beginning of the book, I talk about how loving kindness has been sometimes offered as a kind of escape practice, or at least understood. I don't know if it's been taught that way, I, you know. But but um, but I think it can be presented. Uh, you know, the marketing materials I'll say sometimes kind of sound to me like, oh, you're trying to offer people an escape a little bit, and and that's not what the Buddha taught in lo- with loving kindness practice. What he taught was. Uh, much more nuanced and complex. And that's what we're going to get into today. And, and finally, I'll say, because yesterday uh, a religious place was attacked, that um, the safety that we find at Spirit Rock it's not safety from the world. It's not an escape from the world. You know, the world could easily invade Spirit Rock as well as any other place. Um, the uh, the Buddha. There's one sutta where he's talking to this king, the king, and he says, "You know, you live as if you're you're." protected you know you live in this palace and you have these armies and you think that nothing can harm you but he said in truth the mountains it's as if the mountains are all coming to crush you because of the inevitability of death you know this is a typical teaching of the buddha that's like oh thanks for that thanks for that reminder but and it's just, but the image of it is very powerful the idea of the kind of mountains are just moving towards you And again, how do we live with that? You know, that's why we need the strength of practice, the strength, strength of, of of equanimity. And and it turns out that actually loving kindness is a partner with with equanimity. So that's one of the things we'll explore today. I wanted to just begin by talking about those things, and then. Um, We'll do some sitting, and uh, and you know, hopefully, we can start to comfort ourselves as we begin the day. I don't want to suggest that practice shouldn't be and isn't a comfort. Uh, that's part of the role of practice. So, so let's um, sit. So just. As you um, settle into your posture, just to, if you're sitting in a chair, uh, trying to set both feet stably on the ground, or if your feet don't reach the ground, it's good. As some people put cushions under their feet, you want to want to sit in a way that you're able to be still and very stable and comfortable. And you can close your eyes or 
you're not comfortable closing your eyes in a group, you can just lower your gaze. And just beginning by softening the body. Having a sense of releasing any tension. Relaxing the jaw, the shoulders, softening the belly. Of feeling yourself being drawn to the earth, held by the earth. We are literally held by the earth. Without its gravity, we would just float off. So gratitude for this great body which holds us softening the heart, feeling the body breathing, We are held, too, by the atmosphere, the air around us. The atmosphere and air is also held by the earth. We are held and connected to all of this. Each time we breathe, taking oxygen out of the air, the miracle and wisdom of our bodies, they take this oxygen and feed ourselves breath by breath. Our lungs, the great connector, taking in and dispersing oxygen. And then the cells release what they can't use, the toxins that we exhale. Each breath keeping us alive moment by moment. Sustaining, healing, cleansing. 
none of this really under our control or coming as the result of our own efforts. We are the beneficiaries of evolution. This gift of life, this gift of breath. Our love begins with this appreciation and this gratitude for this miracle. Softening and opening the heart appreciating your own intention and effort to be here. This intention and effort shows your own love for yourself. You come here to take care of yourself, perhaps to take care of others in the world, but beginning with yourself. taking joy and gratitude in your own goodwill and kindness towards yourself. Let's see if you can add a smile as you sit smile of appreciation. Letting that smile permeate the body, the uplifting energy No need to analyze it, criticize it, however it manifests, just to enjoy 
this practice of opening, of opening the heart, encourages us to be fearless. We can feel how fragile our bodies are, soft, vulnerable. How our bodies depend on each breath coming in, going out. Knowing this vulnerability can push us towards fear, shutting down, self-protection. But when we finally understand that there is no protection, we let go and open Surrender. And in that surrender is freedom. Freedom from fear. Freedom to love. To love ourselves and to love the world. Nothing to protect. Nothing to lose.
Let your practice be very simple. To feel the breath. When you lose the breath and you're caught in the mind, to see that, to not fight with that either. Just to acknowledge that, to accept that. To hold the thoughts and feelings with kindness as we then come back again to the simplicity of the breath. How strange that we can get angry with our own thoughts.
once we see that we aren't in control, and there's no more need to struggle. Thoughts just come and go, their own life. We take this stance of kindness towards all things, including our thoughts. We struggle with our own bodies. Not wanting to feel the sensations that arise. Wanting other sensations to come. And again, we come to realize that We don't control these sensations. So we surrender with kindness, with wisdom, with acceptance.
And let this music wash over you. Just a little teaser, thin, just like the Mona Lisa's smile. It does wonders for your skin. Help get rid of double chins. It could even give your eyes a twinkle. Maybe raise a dimple, a brand new wrinkle if you smile. When you're stuck in the find any room, your mind keeps pulling its hair, just bring your mind home and settle it on your abdomen and take a deep breath of air and smile like the Buddha for a while, even though you know the facts, know that there's no turning back, you just gotta face it, taste it all. It all with a smile And you've got to confess The world's in a mess And it changes up to you and me And to turn it around You've got to get rid of that frown And become what you want it to be So smile While you sabotage the state Just because it feels so great doesn't matter if you lose or if you win You'll always be a winner As long as there's a grin or a smile And when you cut through confusion You'll come to this conclusion Life is one big mystery And no matter what you do You can be tickled to be human And don't take it too seriously Just smile like the Buddha for a while Even though you're gonna die So make the smile a little wry In the end, you know The joke's on you too So make the last thing that you do Be a smile Smile Just like the Buddha Thin little smile As you watch the parade go by That's uh, Wes Nisker, in case you don't recognize the voice. And I was playing all the instruments, but he, he wrote the words, so he gets all the credit. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.